0: So, uh, sort of like Pavlov's dog who was conditioned to salivate at the sound of a bell or a, maybe a metronome, I'm not sure exactly what it was, uh, I've been conditioned over time to drop everything that I'm doing anytime time I hear the sound of toast popping out of the toaster. Um, it, it doesn't matter what I'm doing because what's important is that toast has a really low heat retention, right? <laughs> So if I don't get to the toast immediately, like the butter won't melt, and then my life will be ruined. So um, if we're playing the game Two Truths and a Lie or something like that, this is true. This is true about me. But is it really the truth? Well, yeah, it's it's honest. It really happens sort of as a reflex within my body. Um, but in the Bible, and particularly in the book of Proverbs, the truth isn't just accurate information. And the truth isn't just figuring out who is right and who is wrong about any particular thing. Instead, the Proverbs are interested in wisdom. We talked already about lady wisdom, which is more about, well, what do we do with this information that we have? And how is our various truths or the way we experience the world impacting us and specifically our relationships in very real and practical ways. So, what we'll find in the Bible is that this word for truth is actually often translated as faithfulness, because faithfulness is, is about relationships, being true to ourselves, being true to our values, to our commitments, and, and to one another. So, it's true that I jump when toast pops, but... That's not the whole truth. So the whole truth is that most of the time this really doesn't matter, right? Like this is completely insignificant. Except for those times when someone in our family ends up not eating their toast because they didn't butter their toast in time and therefore they don't like it because the butter hasn't melted, which inspires me to be all judgmental and say things like, see, I told you, when it comes to the truth about toast, you should listen to me. I'm right and you're wrong. Next time, you should butter your toast faster, right? And then there have been times um, when my wife has been, like, right in the middle of a sentence and the toast pops and poof, like, I'm no longer there, like, literally no longer there. It's even happened while we were hugging and even kissing that I hear the toast popping and poof, like, I'm literally not there, like a cartoon that's just disappeared and, like, my hat's spinning in the air, um, I guess, I guess sort of in those moments, it's our relationship that has a low heat retention, right? <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means. Um, so in those situations, what is, what is true? It's true that toast gets cold fast. It's true that nobody cares too much about this. But what is true true is that sometimes my toast reflex has an impact on my relationships. That's the whole truth. And ultimately, that's what Lady Wisdom is trying to teach us. Truth is not mostly about absolutes, theoretical ideas that don't exist in our world. Truth is discovered in the mostly subjective moments of real life with real people and with God. That's the kind of truth that Proverbs is interested in so the wisdom of of the proverbs is not interested in finding the one truth that is true forever and always in all circumstances and for all people proverbs is about wisdom which is is coming out of the this quality of god that is present in the world through love and God's faithful presence. This is the kind of truth that Proverbs is talking about. So, as we think about that, let's listen to another proverb, part of Proverbs, uh, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth or faithfulness leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. In other words, condition yourselves to be kind, honest, and faithful so you will find favor and a reputation for living well in the sight of God and in the sight of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge God and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Turn to the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Simple. I've heard this hundreds of times in churches. All we need to do is read the Bible and do what it says. Simple, right? Don't think. Don't trust your own instincts. Don't learn anything new. Just read the Bible and do what God says. Ah, So Easy. All right, let's give this a shot. Proverbs 26.4 says, Do not answer fools according to their folly, or you will be a fool yourself. All right, let's do that. I- except the next verse says, Answer fools according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. Wait, what? Like, so, w- w- what are we supposed to do? W- w- what is true? These two verses are completely opposite. Like, are we supposed to answer a fool according to their folly or not? Come on, like, I don't know what to do. I thought the Bible was going to tell me what to do and life would be so much easier. This is the difficult part of like, real wisdom. This is the difficult part of learning from the Bible as the Bible really is, is that it won't give us what we want. I, at least it won't give me what I want. I don't know about you, but I often want God and I want my faith to make my life easier. Just tell me what to do always and in all circumstances forever and forever. Just tell me what is true. Just give me a checklist. But the moment we try to define truth in this way, absolute truth that is for all people and for all time and for all circumstances, Lady Wisdom tells us through the book of Proverbs, actually, this is foolishness. Like, this is is not wisdom. Tim, you're just looking for life hacks right? Like, you're just looking for life hacks to make your life easier so that you don't need to be fully engaged in relationships with real people, right? Because that's way harder. You want life to be easier so you don't have to be more fully aware of yourself in relationships with other people. I mean, it would have been really easy if I just never noticed that I had this toast thing, right? Wisdom and truth emerging from God's own character, as kindness and faithfulness is not easy, but it's good. It's what the proverb says is, is abundant life. So last week, Maya and I were at a conference uh, where Dr. Cornell West was, was one of the speakers, and he was telling a story about um, being in Charlottesville, Virginia, a few years ago during the Unite the Right rally. Uh, do you, you remember this? Uh, which, which was a rally of violent white supremacists in, in Charlottesville. Uh, And Cornel West is a a well-known black Christian theologian and ethics professor. So he was there in the streets with, with these people, and he had conversations with these white supremacists who embodied so much hate toward him and toward the black community. And then he said it was important to be there as a counter-protest to stand up against hate, it was important to not just allow that to happen. But as a Christian, he said, it was also important for me to look for ways that we might be similar, to look for ways that, that we might share a common humanity that can both express the best of our humanity but also obviously the worst of our humanity. And to see them... Not only as my enemy, but as my brother and my sister and my sibling. And then he said this, I need to do this because I believe in this concept of hating the sin, but loving the sinner. And when he said this phrase, I had this really negative gut reaction. Like, everything he was saying was amazing and fantastic. And then he said that, and I was like, ooh, like, wait a minute. Like, he's not allowed to say that. Like, you're not supposed to say that. And I didn't really know at first why that bothered me. And so it just seemed so strange. Because on the one hand, the use of this phrase in that particular situation is a profound expression of radical love, right? I mean, radical love. To be able to love somebody who hates you so much, how can you love someone who hates you that much? I mean, this is about as close as we get to Jesus' uh, enemy-loving way of loving the world. And, and, And this was also a significant part of the civil rights movement, loving those who would beat you up and hate you. But... I also remember that for most of my years in Christian churches, most of my years in Christian churches, this same exact phrase was used to make us feel better about ourselves while at the same time we were condemning and excluding the LGBTQ community that's where that phrase was used most often same words same phrase but in that context and in those relationships it wasn't radical love it was it was causing a lot of pain and a lot of harm and and it still is so so what is the truth how can the same words and the same phrase be both a statement of radical love and inclusion and a statement of harmful exclusion. The Bible isn't giving us an easy answer. Truth is rarely about easy absolutes, because wholeness and truth emerges from God's character. Not as disconnected ideas that have nothing to do with our world. Wholeness and truth emerges from God's love and God's faithful presence with us. So, in, in the Hebrew language, the word for truth used here in Proverbs chapter 3 is, is amet. Um, made up of three primary letters. Aleph, Mem, Tau, or in English we might say A, M, and T. These three letters within the the Hebrew alphabet are located um, at the very beginning, the first letter, the exact middle of the alphabet, and the very last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So the, the word for truth, even in its very form, is the pursuit of wholeness, like all of it, the whole truth, the beginning, the middle, and the end. The whole truth, the good, the bad, and everything in between. It's bringing everything to the surface. Our strengths, our weaknesses, our successes and our failures, our faith and our doubt. All of it. So that we might trust God with all of it. So that there might be healing for our bodies and refreshment for our bones so that there might be healing for our world and refreshment for our community. So this last week, as, as we all know, um, 10 people were killed in Buffalo, New York, um, close, close to where I grew up, and, and many more people were injured by a young man who was trying to kill as many black people as possible. Obviously, we would all acknowledge and recognize this as a terrible, terrible act of evil. But, but that's not the whole truth, is it? This kind of thing doesn't happen in a vacuum, disconnected from relationships, disconnected from society, disconnected from the world that we live in. The whole truth includes that this is a part of our nation's long history of violent racism. Like, that's part of the whole truth that a larger portion of our society is trying to ignore. The whole truth includes the reality of prejudice and racism that is most obviously still alive and well today, not just in this situation, but in so many others. The reality is that this great replacement theory that everyone has been talking about for the last week which inspired the shooter or was at least a part of the shooter's manifesto for why he was doing what he was doing is believed in some form by one-third of American adults. One-third of American adults. So this isn't like a fringe idea. The whole truth is that this racist theory tends to emerge from the fear and anxiety of white Christians who feel like we're losing power and privilege in society. And not just here. It began in France, in in the UK, and other places around the world. The whole truth, the whole, whole truth, is that I am a white Christian. And I can't pretend that this has nothing to do with me that I'm completely disconnected from this reality. Because if I ignore it, if I'm silent, if I don't intentionally allow this reality to come to the surface in me and in any area of influence that I have, that I am a part of the problem. And there will be no healing. The whole truth is that all people are created in the image of God. Increasing diversity is a part of God's intention for our good and beautiful world. Changing racial demographics is not a threat, it is a necessary good for us and for our world. It is what we need. It's what we need if we're going to experience healing and refreshment. So my child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth or faithfulness leave you. Bind them around your neck, Write them on the tablet of your heart. It will be healing to your body. It will be refreshment for your bones. Jesus, we pray that you would bring truth, healing and refreshment to our world. Amen.